Blog Talk Radio. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right. You're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe talk like it is. Great talk radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. This is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. Good afternoon, everyone. How are you today? <laughs> I know that sounds familiar. This is Pure Gold with your hosts, David and Joe. We have a great show, as always, lined up for you. A show about anything and everything where we tell it like it is. Always, folks, this show, we aim to please. We aim to give you the best entertainment that we can. We have a great show lined up today. And with that, I kick it to my longtime tag team partner and co-host, JB, a.k.a. JB, sir. How are you doing? Good, good. You forgot it's several one straight up. Um, it is several back after a week off. It's good to be back after a week off. And um, I was thinking, like, not the Mets, not the Grom, not the trade deadline, not the Yankees, the passing of two legends in their sports and not Summerfest results can compare in comparison to the guests that you have tonight. Who do we have tonight? <laughs> Sir, we will be joined by Scott Hensley. He is the owner. He is the founder. He is the color commentator. No, actually, he's the ring announcer, which is even more exciting, of the Scenic City Invitational Tournament. And, uh, well, I mean, I know we're going to get into that, of course, a little bit later. But, you know, when he calls in, he actually should be calling in in a few minutes. So I am uh, very excited about that. Scott and I have been working on this interview for quite a while. The Scenic City Invitational, which, of course, will give you all the information, it actually starts tomorrow here close to me in, uh, in the great state of Tennessee, the Volunteer State. So we are definitely looking forward to that, too. Are you bringing your title belt, the Winged Eagle, to the event? Um, I, uh, wow. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't plan on bringing my title belt. I mean, oh. these guys may be jealous because they're so sweet, and they're going to try to steal them, so we definitely do not want that there. That's the one thing about the belts and these um, indie promotions, that it doesn't compare, the, obviously, to the belts that you have and I have because um, do they even have, like, uh, you think belts? Uh, I'm guessing they are. They do have some kind of belts, uh, just not comparison to you, to yours. Well, we'd ha- we would have to ask and see when Scott comes on. But honestly, I don't know. I think a lot of times, you know, like you're saying about the independent promotions, the belts are not the same. But, of course, you're also – you can't compare the companies. Like, the WWE, obviously, billion-dollar company – so they're going to have the top of the line, except for the IC belt, because that belt is a joke. But, I mean, AEW has some nice belts. They're not all great, but some of them are good. But the thing is, I'm sure those belts are expensive. They can't possibly be, you know, inexpensive or cheap. So, you know, and again, 
not everybody is as big of a belt nerd, shall we say, as you are. So that's the other aspect of it. I mean, the Phoenix City Invitational is a tournament, but I know that Scott, you know, considers it like a promotion, which of course they can say when he signs on uh, very shortly, we'll be able to talk to him about that. You know, he's going to give us a rundown, let us know what's going on. So it's, it's exciting. I mean, you know, it's local to me, which is very cool, and it's something that I've never been to. I'm actually going to go to the tournament, uh, excuse me, the first night of the tournament tomorrow. So that should be pretty sweet, sir. I guarantee I can name you one tag team that will beat the Usos and become the new tag team champions by next year. Actually, I know that there's an event going on this evening, sir. So that's definitely interesting. Um, we're going to have to talk to Scott and get all the information. So make sure that he'll give us everything. So good stuff, sir. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that pure gold next year will be Texas champions before you know it. Before you Before July ends... Pure Gold will be tag team champions officially. Officially, yeah. Um, I know, and of course, we can only get into that later. But, um, you know, I have a couple of belts. I'm not going to say how I got that. As a matter of fact, I know that you have a couple of belts, but we cannot divulge how you were able to uh, obtain said belt <laughs> because there was definitely some, some shady dealings going on there. But, of course, I digress. Um but, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of things going on. And, actually, uh, we have our guest here who's going to join us okay. on the line. Folks, as we're, as we're mentioning earlier, we are joined by Scott Hensley, who is the founder, the owner, and the ring announcer of the Scenic City Invitational Tournament. Scott, how are you doing this evening, sir? Hey, good. I'm in the car, but I'm just about to pull up to the TWE Arena, and I can switch over to a headset if needed. Do I sound Okay. Yeah, no, you, you sound great. Um, this is David of Pure Gold, and, of course, I have my tight team partner, Joe, who's on the line as well. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that you and I have been in contact about doing the interview, and uh, before you came on, we, we talked about it briefly, but since we have you on, please give us all the information. Give us the dates. Give us the times. Um, just, you know, for the audience, those out there listening, tell us what's going on at the Phoenix City Invitational 2022 tournament. Yeah, so uh, since 2015, uh, we've been bringing in 16 of the top independent wrestlers in the world uh, to come wrestle in a two-night tournament, and it's kind of evolved into like a whole weekend kind of thing that's just about to kick off here in about an hour at the TWE Arena in Red Bank, Tennessee, and uh, so it kicks off tonight over here at the TWE Arena, and then tomorrow night, Friday, and Saturday night, we have the Scenic City Invitational Tournament, and uh, each night we will have uh, rounds of the tournament. Of course, uh, tomorrow night it will be the first round. It will be eight matches, and then uh, on Saturday night it will be round two, which will be a mix-up of the winners from uh, round one. There is no bracket. It is a, uh, a random draw for night two, and uh, then we will have some other special matches some featured bouts, and uh, then we will have uh, the, the final, uh, which is a four-way elimination match. Uh, then we also Ooh. have squeezed in, there, sque- squeezed in there on Saturday at 2 o'clock, we have the Action Futures Showcase Tournament, and uh, it features nine of the top up-and-coming wrestlers with 
five or less years experience. Uh, in our first three years, we had 27 competitors, and eight of them signed professional contracts. So uh, it's been very successful. But uh, you can get tickets at the door uh, at uh, Saudi Daisy High School tomorrow night. Doors open uh, an hour before bell time. And uh, you can get tickets at the door or at SCIWrestling.com. Now, uh, now, Scott, of course, uh, Joe lives in New Jersey, which is where I'm originally from. And, you know, we've been friends, lifelong friends. Um, but living here in Chattanooga for the past, give or take, six years, you know, I heard about this through a mutual uh, friend of ours, Dustin, who told me about it, which, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty fascinating. And then I, I started kind of looking up on Facebook and see in the past you guys have done this, you know, in the past. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Red Bank and Saudi Daisy are both essentially extensions of Chattanooga. Chattanooga is the biggest city in this area, which most people have heard of it. Um, and Saudi Daisy's right outside. Red Bank is, you know, one thing that confused me when I moved here, Scott, was how I would look up an address and it would say, like, Chattanooga, Tennessee, but then I'd go and I'd be in Hickson. Or I'd look up Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then I'd be in Red Bank, you know. So that, that always threw me off. So for, the, for those of the fans out there, it, it is a part of the greater Chattanooga area. And Chattanooga is called the Scenic City, which obviously would be the name of, of, the, of the Invitational. Now, you mentioned that there are some of the athletes in the past have signed professional contracts. Uh, could you give us a couple? Because Joe and I tend to talk a lot about, like, what's going on in, in the, uh, the major league, so to speak, of professional wrestling, WWE, AEW. But obviously all these guys got started somewhere, and in the, in the girls, not to, not to forget the, the men and the women out there who, you know, we all enjoy watching, but they all got started somewhere, in an independent promotion, uh, you know, performance center, whatever the case is. Can, can you give us a couple of those names that, that maybe the fans out there might know? Uh, right now, some alumni that are doing big things. Of course, Daniel Garcia. Uh, he was at our tournament last oh. year, and then like a week, then like a week later, was wrestling like Sting and you know John Moxley and <laughs> CM Punk and Brian Danielson, oh. and, you know. So we 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 got him at like the exact right time uh, to to be able to get somebody. But uh, some other guys that uh, sort of used our platform a little bit more than he had to uh were guys like uh alan angels that uh was recently with oh, aew wow. um yes, Mar- marco 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 stunt who was recently with aew uh but yes. then we we have guys like darby allen uh riddle uh austin theory um uh, i mean like uh brooks jensen with nxt he was ben buchanan bull buchanan's son uh then wow. I mean, we've got we've got broken We've got Brogan Finley, who is Fit Finley's son. He's going to be in the Futures Tournament tomorrow, I mean, uh, on Saturday. Very cool. Uh, so, you know, we, we, are, uh, we, we always keep our eyes open for up-and-coming talent and uh, people that we think are going to uh, sort of be flag bearers for us to, on the next level. Wow. Scott, I mean, you mentioned some big names there, and uh, I'm really impressed. It almost makes me want to drive to Tennessee and watch the uh, – the car tomorrow. You did a great. You're doing a great job. I mean, I might join Dave and Dave. I might be there sitting next to you because um, you throw some big names out there. I, I really, really impressed. Um, what I want to ask you, Scott, though, is um, taking a couple steps back. Is that what got you into wrestling? What match on TV that you saw, or maybe in live that you saw, is like I need to be a wrestling promoter. I need to be a ring announcer. What match got you into wrestling? 
something that I've found is, uh, is for a lot of people, it wasn't even a match. It was an angle or something that mm. happened, and that, that's the case for me. Uh, mine was uh, was Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window or Super <laughs> came through, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you mentioned awesome. that. I'm laughing I mean, because, that... and Dave's laughing because Dave's favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels, and it's a dream to have him on our show. Um, that's why he's laughing, I think. Dave, right? That's why he's laughing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because that's also one of my all-time favorite moments, and, you know, again, Shawn Michaels is – see, my, my personal thing, I don't want to go down this road, but – um, too far down a rabbit hole, but Shawn Michaels to me is the greatest wrestling, the in-ring performer of all time, the complete package um, to me, number one. So the fact that that is your and that's what makes wrestling interesting. Yeah, the in-ring action, of course, is amazing and you have to be able to back it up, but it's the stories that really get you hooked. I actually thought that you were going to say something like uh, Jimmy Snuka getting hit in the head with a coconut by, uh, by you know, Roddy Piper <laughs> right. or you know Hulk Hogan getting his shirt ripped off by uh, by. Uh, Andre the Giant and the Crucifix and everything, so I, but but that's obviously one of the that launched Shawn Michaels' career, so that was a big deal. So all right, you watch this, you see this on on TV, and then what? You're, you're, what what happens? You see this and it just sparks something. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up playing with my GI Joe action figures, booking them in wrestling <laughs> matches against each other, and I had I had stables and feuds and managers and all kinds of stuff with those <laughs> because they were more flexible than the wrestling figures. Oh yeah, yep, absolutely. That, that's so cool. Yeah, so, it's funny because I grew up I grew up with the same GI Joe action figures, and I used to pretend that they were X Men or Marvel characters, superheroes, and I would kind of do that whole thing, which which is so funny. But, yeah, I remember the wrestling buddies and all the toys from back in the day. And As a matter of fact, you may appreciate this, Scott. Um, I was telling somebody this story. So on Monday, I uh, hang out with some of the guys from my church, and it turns out that and I haven't really hung out with any of these guys. It turns out that, like, all of them are huge wrestling fans from back in the day, which is pretty interesting because we weren't getting together to watch Raw. We just happened to be out, and it was on. But I actually have a scar on the back of my head, and I got this scar when I was five years old, and uh, my brother and I had the Hulk Hogan weight set. It, the weights were blue. They had the jump rope and everything. Such a big deal. I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan as a kid. And I, I jumped on the couch, and for some reason, the, one of the barbells was on the couch, and it busted my head open. And I still have the scars to this day. Um, and it's just funny because here we are talking about wrestling memorabilia and things like that, Scott. I mean, that literally wrestling marked my life forever. <laughs> did uh, did you did you say some prayers and eat some vitamins after that? <laughs> I, I did, I did. I also drank some milk, and ironically, I would see this is one of the few things I remember my childhood. My dad and his cousin took me to the hospital. I went there, and the nurses, what I remember is they made me like a Woody Woodpecker balloon out of out of a, a glove, like a surgical glove, and that's the only thing I remember, <laughs> other than the fact that somehow it didn't hurt. I, I bled everywhere, so it was like my first experience actually being busted open with wrestling involved. It was like I was in a match and I got hit in the back of the head with a with Hacksaw Jim Duggan's two by four or a steel chair. So it's good. I didn't tap out or anything. I was able to overcome it. I came back. So you know, it, it's funny. Now you mentioned something again, going back to the Shawn Michaels thing. You know, this angle, right? Growing up as a huge wrestling fan, what got me out of professional wrestling for a while was. The Ultimate Challenge, WrestleMania Six, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, the fact that Hulk Hogan lost devastated me to the point that I did not watch wrestling for seven years, Scott. That's that's how much that ruined me. Wow. 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I couldn't take it. I was nine years old and I could not take it. But clearly that didn't happen with you because here you are promoting and, and doing all these different things. You mentioned um, the, the Phoenix City with Dave first when you got started. You did say it was 2015, correct? Yeah, that was my first year as a promoter. Uh, I got into wrestling by uh, just going to some local shows as a fan, and I started writing show reports, and uh, some of the wrestlers were like, ah, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about, or I want to butter up to this guy so he writes good things about me maybe. I don't know. But uh, So I showed up at a show uh, in Atlanta, and uh, there was a guy from Chattanooga down there who uh, told me he was promoting a show. This was 2006. And uh, he said, you know, hey, you know, you're going to school for business. Do you want to help me promote the show and, you know, maybe come and maybe referee or something? And I thought, okay. You know, I've never done that. Don't have any kind of training in that, but whatever. So I showed up and, uh, you know, I, I passed out flyers around town and hung posters. And then uh, I showed up and he handed me a ref shirt and uh, said, you know what to do, right? And I said, nope. And he said, well, you've watched it on TV. You can figure it out. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, now Scott, uh, you mentioned, I mean, Dave mentioned that the Ultimate Challenge, that's the match that got me into wrestling. Um, I was hooked as a kid uh, with the Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's my favorite wrestler. But, you know, that, it's one thing to, to be in wrestling. I mean, like me and Dave talk about it weekly and daily uh, sometimes <laughs> when we can. But what got you into being wanting to be a promoter? Like, is there a certain a person that you met that, like, I got to be a promoter. I, I need to run my own thing. Well, you know, there was a time where, like most people in wrestling, where, like, I kind of thought I might want to be a wrestler. And uh, as I got going and going through college and learning business and some of that stuff, I decided that I enjoyed that stuff a little bit more. And e even in high school, like, we were asked to uh, do a career paper one time, and uh, they said, you know, reach out to somebody who does what you want to do. And I called Nashville wrestling promoter Burt Prentice. Uh, you know, and uh, he he did not uh, he did not give me any information. Like you know, I'm like, hey, Mr. Prentice, uh, I'm a kid in high school, and uh, you know, how much money do you make? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I I may have still faked the paper, by the way. <laughs> my my question, my follow up question, Scott, is that what you sounded like in high school? Because that was pretty awful. Yeah, probably. <laughs> So you go out, you know, you do this, you, you know, you get involved. And, and what was the – in the seven years, obviously, that you've done this, would you say that there is a, like, a highlight? Is there a peak for you? I mean, obviously, you know, I'm sure you would say things are getting better every year, but is, is there a tournament that really stands out in the back of your mind or an event that you promoted that really was like, wow, this was like the WrestleMania of, of my life, you know, on, on the professional level? Or is it like WrestleMania every year? Like, how, how would you describe it? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that there was a year that uh, that we told a story with a local guy. Uh, his name is Joey Lynch, and uh, he he got uh, like some WWE tryout type stuff and got a match on uh, 205 Live with uh, uh, Akira Tozawa, I think it was. But uh, we we told a story with him of where. You know, he was this local guy that was very talented, and each year he got a little bit better and then eventually won, and it was just this huge deal. Uh, and 
like his family came in the ring and celebrated with him. And I don't know, it was just a beautiful story. It, in 2018 uh, was was the year that, that he ended up winning that. And uh, it, it's it's probably my, my favorite year. But, you know, he's he's gone on to focus on other stuff with, I guess, a regular job and family and stuff, which, you know, it, it's so hard to know when you invest in wrestlers and give them spots, you know, is it going to be a huge deal for a couple of years or are they going to be around like forever or, you know, is it like a one and done? Like you, you never know right. what kind of an investment of time and spots you're going to get out of a wrestler. So you really just have to appreciate whatever you get from them because, I mean, it, it's no secret that at the independent level, that a lot of these guys are making huge, like, financial sacrifices to do some of these right, shows right. just to get seen. And, you know, we, we certainly pay our wrestlers, and we, we believe we pay, you know, pretty standard scale compared to the, uh, you know, the, I guess, the exposure that they get for being with us. And, you know, n- right. it's not like I'm getting rich at all. You know, I, I'm lucky if I reimburse myself and, you know, if – if I'm lucky, you know, I'm getting, you know, 50 or 100 bucks sometimes for, you know, hours and hours and hours or months and months and months of, of uh, work. And, you know, I, I've been doing tons of press stuff and putting up signs and posters. And, you know, it, it's a labor of love. But, you know, I, I'm not trying to get rich, and I'm certainly not trying to get rich off the backs of anybody. Uh, I want it to be something where I am giving them a platform to be seen and so that they can go on to the next level and, you know, make the money that they really want to make. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, to be the final stop for any of these people, but, you know, that sometimes I am, and, you know, sometimes it's frustrating. You know, your goals have to match up in independent wrestling, and they don't always match up, and, you know, there, there is conflict there sometimes. Right. I mean, you definitely need to be on the same page, obviously, for things to work out you know, for everybody. So let me ask you this. You mentioned all the different talents that have come across. Has there been a, a talent or two that you've seen and you knew that they were going to make it and they did? Like somebody you just – because maybe there's some that you, you you thought would do it and then didn't end up – so I, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on, like, the positives. Um, is there anybody that you saw that you were just like, man, you knew from the second they stepped in the ring, from the second, you, you know, you connected with them, you just had a feeling this person – is gonna be is gonna be something special in, in the wrestling industry, and then that that actually has, has come to pass. Absolutely, yes. Uh, there's a guy for NXT right now named Nathan Frazier. Uh, he trained with Seth Rollins, but uh, he's actually from uh, the United Kingdom, and he came over to the Chattanooga area on a soccer scholarship. And so I randomly see him on this local wrestling show, and his name is Ben Carson. And he's just the most athletically gifted guy I've, I've ever seen that has right next, to no, like right next to no idea of what he's doing in the ring, but he's still like just crazy good. So I talked to him, and he said, hey, I'm about to go train with Seth Rollins this summer. And I said, hey, Ben Carson, you might want to change your name. And he said, Why? And I said, because there's a guy in Donald Trump's cabinet named Ben Carson, and uh, a lot of people don't like him. Uh, but, 
you know, basically the name is already taken. You know, I, I don't have any ill will towards, oh, yeah. you know, Dr. Ben Carson. But at the same time, you know, being a wrestler, you know, from the U.K., he didn't know. So, so the next time I, I saw him, he was, uh, he was Ben Carter. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's nice. That's funny, Scott, and I, I could I could feel the emotion, the positive energy, and the uh, excitement that, you know, having somebody from your promotion make it big time. So uh, I leave it to you and Dave because I'm uh, obviously here in Jersey, but I leave it to you and Dave to bring on some wrestlers onto our show and plug their promo, uh, have them do some promos. I think as important as it is to be in the ring, it's important to cut a good promo, and I think that, uh, we can use this platform for that if if you think that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Talking people into the building is a big deal. And uh, there, there's so many wrestlers that are just amazing technicians that can do every move in the world or amazing high flyers that can, you know, flip through everything. And But, you know, it's do they make the people care about the moves that they're doing? You know, are they having matches that matter uh, you know, do they have a personality or a character that people connect with? And a lot of times on the independents, you know, there's a there's a there's something that's missing that a guy has to find before they become a big star. And an example of that, I think, is AJ Styles. You know, he he got for years he got great opportunities with TNA and uh, Ring of Honor and some Japan stuff, but he wasn't known as like great talker. He was known as this like Southern guy, right? But but he he overcame that and you know oh yeah. I mean when you mention AJ he's one of my favorite wrestlers for sure I wouldn't say that AJ is a great talker but he has improved a lot and I've always felt that that's a missing ingredient for a lot of people now I'm gonna throw out a controversial name there just for the sake of the conversation for back in the day of course who you know his name and everything that's been tainted because of what he did but. Chris Benoit was one of those guys who had, who was probably, I would say, top ten or top five greatest in-ring technical wrestlers of all time, but just not couldn't get it done on the microphone. But he was able to kind of overcome that and become world heavyweight champion, et cetera, et cetera. That's really the exception in the in the big time in, in the WWE and you know WCW back when it was around. That's more the exception than the rule, because most guys have to be able to talk you into the building, whether good or bad. An example of that now would be someone like The Miz. I mean, who a guy who nobody had ever heard of before, you know, the real world and all that, then he comes to WWE, but he's been a heel most of his career, and he has been able to really just upset people and tick them off, and just people want to see him get beat up, but he's so good at what he does. Uh, you know, and maybe not the greatest in-ring performer ever, but definitely great on the microphone. So I would think that that's part of the, part of the mixture that would make a good performer. The reason I love Shawn Michaels is because not only can he back it up in the ring, but his mouth, he was able to talk, he was able to captivate you with his emotions. Hulk Hogan, you know, Ric Flair, we, we actually had a conversation two weeks ago, um, you know, Scott, we were talking about the greatest promos of all time. I mean, in your opinion, as a, as a longtime wrestling fan, who would you say, just, you know, share, share with us, who would you say, in your opinion, is greatest or one of the greatest uh, promos ever? I would definitely say one of the greatest ever is uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. My son is actually named after him, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would agree that's, with that for sure. Now, Scott, um, um, I, find, I, I know this is way in advance, but um, I have to know, do you have a, a promotion 
sometime in July of next year because I'm coming out to Tennessee for real next July, and I want to make sure me and Dave catch a, uh, a card that you might have in July. Well, I, I may not have anything in July, but we have a local okay. promotion that, that I'm at right now, the TWE, uh, here in, in okay. Red Bank right outside of downtown. And uh, they, they run about twice a month, and uh, they, they bring in guys from all over the world here. Uh, you know, they, they've had guys from Canada and from, you know, probably probably 20-something different states that, that are regularly here. You know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a meeting house of independent wrestling here, uh, and a lot of that comes from uh, IWTV. You know, you mentioned not being able to be here, uh, but if you're familiar with IWTV, this show is live tonight, and all of our shows are live this weekend. It's kind of like the Netflix of independent wrestling uh, with live content, and it's, it's wonderful because now, you know, Scenic City Invitational is a fundraiser for local schools where we try to bring in great wrestlers, but now it has a worldwide audience. We actually had over 2,000 people watch our show last year, and, uh, you know, oh, it's wow. just, it's beyond, it's beyond belief sometimes, sometimes that, that something that is, you know, in Saudi Daisy, Tennessee, you know, is being seen by thousands of people. Yeah, and, and that's fascinating to me because it's something you wouldn't think, you know, and obviously when you started the promotion, I'm sure you had big dreams and aspirations, but to see where it's come and where you are now, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, the fundraising aspect of it. I mean, just so many great things, and that, that stuff's local. You know, it's great on the local level. You get good press, and you're doing it for a good reason, you know, good cause. So to me, that's the most important thing. Um, now, you mentioned IWTV so they can see it there. You mentioned that they can go in person, which is what I'll be doing tomorrow, actually, because I'm going to be there tomorrow. Um, go in person and buy tickets and everything. I mean, that to me, you know, the fact that you're even doing this and the fact that you have the success, and, and, you know, people know of it now because it's been around for a while. So to me, that's just so, that's so awesome because it's like a dream come true, you know. Joe mentioned it, lifelong wrestling fans. I never thought. I mean, I'm 5'9". I, I couldn't imagine myself being a professional wrestler taking all those bumps and everything like that. But, you know, these guys and girls who are living, the, who are, who are living their dreams and trying to, you know, to make it, the fact that you're a part of that process is it, really cool, Scott. And, I mean, it's definitely something that, that we admire because, you, you know, you definitely are, are doing a great job there for sure. I appreciate it, and yeah, it's it's so rewarding. You know, I, I've had wrestlers come up to me, hug me, and say thank you for changing my life. And you know, for somebody to say something like that, you know, outside of like a uh, a religious context, uh, you know, it's it's really special for somebody to say that in a professional way as well. That's yeah, that, that, is there anybody that? Cool. Is there anybody that you keep in touch with that's made to big times like AEW or WWE? Uh, I, I used to do a lot of shows with uh, with referee Daniel Engler, uh, who you know is is now a WWE referee. But he used to be Rudy Charles, and he and I uh, did a ton of shows together. I'm I'm good friends with uh, his his wife, and you know we we still talk on Facebook every now and then. And uh, you know I, I have some WWE people in my Rolodex on my phone now, and uh, it, it's pretty neat to have that. Good. Yeah, that, that's. Definitely very cool. Um, Scott, you mentioned the event you're at this evening. Uh, what time does it start? Because I know it's about 7.30, so you're getting close to the opening bell, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I got to go in just a second. I, I got to go try to sell some some final tickets for uh, this weekend. Uh, but it, it kicks <laughs> off at eight o'clock tonight, uh, and uh, they they've got uh, Jaden Newman, who is uh, one of the top rising stars around here. He's getting flown around the country, uh, but he's taking on uh, Manders, one called Manders, who's a Seth Rollins trainee and uh, former Iowa uh, football player. Uh, so they uh, they have a rivalry for many years of doing my events and TWE and some other events, and so uh, they'll they'll kill each other, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the at uh, a post here, and it has the preview and it has everybody who's going to be in here. So I just saw you were talking about um, you know the Jaden Newman. I literally was just looking at his picture as as you brought it up. Now I know that you can't you can't call anything for us, but uh, who should we watch out for in this tournament? Who's I can't say who's your pick because that sounds biased, but who would you say is, is a is a big time star? You know that that can possibly take this whole thing because I mean you know it's got to be possible because we, we you can't give anything away. Well, we we've never had a two time winner before, but Daniel Makabe, uh, a guy from Canada. I think he's a uh, 15-year veteran. Uh, he's called the Wrestling Genius. A uh, very technical guy, but, but very uh, charismatically fun also. Uh, but he is in the tournament this year against a guy that uh, he faced last year on a Thursday night show right before the Invitational. Uh, so, you know, he has a chance to become the first ever two-time winner this year. Uh, so I, I think there's an interesting story there for him. That definitely sounds interesting, interesting uh, for sure. And, you know, Joe, anything uh, before we let Scott go, because obviously he has to go, anything else you want to you mention? No, I just wanted to mention that we do have a wrestler on the line that just won a title uh, in his own promotion. I just want to have him introduce him to Scott because um, this indie promotion is really uh, something that excites me than watching the product on TV instead of, uh, you know, Roman Reigns being champion forever. Uh, this kind of stuff really excites me. I, I think Scott and Kibu uh, winning a title the other night. Um, I think it's just—it's really exciting to hear. Yeah, no, that definitely sounds good. Um, so, so Kibu Harris is actually a guy who's been on our show a couple of times, and Joe met him in person at an independent wrestling event out there in New Jersey. So, uh, Kibu, you're on the line. Yeah, I'm right here. Awesome. Well, uh, Scott, congratulations. Yeah, you won a title, so congratulations. And we have Scott Hensley, who is a promoter here in Tennessee, where I live, um, and he's having a big uh, event this weekend. So who knows? Maybe next year you'll be you'll be one of the entrants in the tournament. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Things, things can happen. Hey, man, I'm always down for it. Yeah, I uh, I recommend. I mean, we ba- we basically book two different kinds of people. We book people that are sort of already stars in our network, which is Southern Underground Pro out of Nashville, Action Wrestling in Tyrone, Georgia, and TWE here in Chattanooga. So we we sort of have a, a mini territory going on. We we like to pull from within. Uh, so that, you know, we are making investments for the future. But also we like, you know, big-name independent wrestlers. So I I would suggest, you know, hitting up uh, Southern Underground Pro, Action Wrestling, and TWE, uh, trying to get a carload to come down, introduce yourself, get uh, involved in the area, make some road trips, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I'll be down keep... for that. <laughs> Great. Uh, the reason why I brought Keith yeah, on is because he, yeah, uh, just that he's no, an independent wrestler, just trying to make it big. Um, and I think he will make it big. I really see um, in terms of um, his in-ring ability, I, you know, we're going to work on some mic skills, and that's why he comes on the show. Um, we were, <laughs> we're working on something coming up next week. Uh, but, uh, Kibo, I think that winning the, the title, the state line title, shows you that the company has faith in you. And I think Scott would be impressed with your ability, too. Yeah, hey, man, I feel request on uh, Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah, I, I've got to go. But uh, send me a friend okay. request on uh, Facebook, Scott C. Hensley, or uh, Twitter, Scott C. Hensley. And, uh, you know, for listeners, uh, you can look up Scenic City Invitational. And, again, uh, tomorrow night, uh, Scenic City Invitational kicks off night one, Saturday night, night two. And then we've okay. got the Action Futures Showcase Tournament on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Tickets available at the door, SCIWrestling.com. Thank you guys so much. Thank, you, no, thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate it. You have a good one. All right. Thanks. Folks, that was Scott Hensley. Uh, so, Kibu, I know that Joe Joe reached out to you. So, tell me a little bit about this title that you won. Because obviously not being in, in New Jersey anymore, which is where I'm from originally from, unfortunately I'm not able to go to those types of, uh, you know, indie shows. But um, where, was the, where was the event? And uh, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, it was actually in my hometown of uh, Amara, New York, and it was at the Shimon County Fairgrounds with, you know, there was hundreds of people, man, and that was the loudest reaction I've ever gotten in my entire career. I mean, I've had, I've wrestled in my hometown before, but man, this this one tastes a cake, man. And there's there's a lot of personal backstory that goes along with that, man, because honestly, you know, in November. You know, I, I got diagnosed with COVID pneumonia, and, you know, I'm fighting in the hospital bed at Guthrie, you know, fighting just for air. You know I mean? I'm on a machine. I didn't think I was going to make it, man. And then now you fast forward almost a year later, you know, now I'm a champion headlining in my hometown. And if I'm being completely honest, man, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be alive right now. So it's 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 definitely grateful. I'm I'm thankful to wake up every morning, and now, now I'm a champion, man, in front of hundreds of people. You know what I mean? Obviously, I got the pop of the night, man. It was it was incredible. It felt like a revival <laughs> at church. I can't even describe what it feels like now, man, because now every time I go out in public, I, I, I'm recognized. Well, that's I mean, cool. more than that. The fact that it happened God. in your – hey, Joe, real quick. The fact that it happened in your yeah. hometown is awesome because, I mean, obviously, we, we talked about uh, the WWE. The one thing I've always noticed is the fact that, like, when the, the guys or the girls are in their hometown, they lose – they get embarrassed, they get humiliated, they never win the title. It's very rare that anybody ever uh, has a big night at home. So the fact that you were booked to do that in your hometown, that, that really is a big deal. So, I mean, congratulations on that. It's really cool that you were able to do that. Um, and when exactly was this? Like, when did you win this title? I won this last night, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So literally, so literally, like you're 24 hours removed from the biggest match of your career, and uh, you're still riding the high. So, so that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. Um, how did you get booked? Yeah, well, the, just out of curiosity, like how did you end up in the title match? Like, how did that work out? Well, it goes back to last year, actually. Um, I got. I got I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, towards the end of 2020. I was positioned for a big push. And because of my drive, I was being too driven. And what I mean by that is 
this was in the middle of the pandemic. And I went over to Thanksgiving to a family member's house, and they got diagnosed and they tested positive for COVID. So instead of telling my head trainer that I got exposed to it, I decided to go on the road anyway. And that right there was putting everybody and their families at risk. So I was banned and I was put on the shelf for five months. And I was miserable. But it kind of gave me a little time to self-reflect, slow down, and that was another big reason why I got banned because I was going, you know, I was passionate, but yet I was going way too hard. Like I should have slowed down. I should have known when to take a break. I didn't, and it ended up costing me almost everything. So then you fast forward to the spring of 2021, it was announced that we were going to be wrestling in my hometown at the Shimon County Fair in 2021. So long story short, I'm bu- I'm booked to compete. I'm booked to compete in the Nikki Baker Rumble, and I had to sacrifice and I had to put in the work. I sold more tickets than everybody, and I went on right before the main event. So I was second to last to, to the main event, and I threw the last guy over the top rope. The crowd went nuts. The promoter came to me right afterwards and said, you're booked for next year. I said, okay, cool. Oh, wow. Now you fast forward a year later, Very now cool. I'm the champion. That, that is really cool. cool you made an impression, obviously. That, that's awesome. Joe, what do you yeah. got for Kibu? No, I just want to tell Kibu that I'm, I'm very happy for you. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I think that the reason why you come on now is because the more connections you make, the better. We talked about cutting a promo next week, but I think that Scott, I give you Scott's information. Who knows? Scott has um, delivered on so many guys into the, uh, that made it big, and I think that you could make it big too, which is why I wanted you to call and just briefly talk with Scott. And I think that, you know, winning the title last night can only mean bigger things for you. So proud of you. Congratulations. And uh, we, we still have – we saw that wrestling show that we want you on just as a talk about um, being a wrestler – um, but uh, we we just wanted you on today uh, for a brief, short period of time because uh, we're proud of you. We you won the title, and then uh, we'll we'll talk to you when we have that rustic show. But uh, you did a great job. Definitely appreciate that, man. Yeah, anytime. So we'll talk to you soon. Thank all right? you so much. Um, let me text you. Appreciate. It. I'll text you um, after the show, and then we'll get you uh, coordinated with Scott. Absolutely. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Enjoy that title. Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you, man. Th- hey, man. Thank you for having me on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Thank you so much, and congratulations. Yeah, thank um, you. Folks, that was Keith. You're welcome, sir. That was Keith Harris, who's been on the show before, and uh, the fact that he won the state championship, that's a pretty sweet-looking belt, too. I know we're talking about title belts and, you know, independent promotions. That is a nice-looking belt. Joe, you forgot to ask God if there's a belt. You forgot to ask him if there is a championship <laughs> I title. I mean, unbelievable. You, you, we talked about this before the show. You let us down. Folks, we had a great 40-plus uh, minutes here. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. And we're going to have to shift gears. Obviously, we're talking about wrestling. Uh, great interview with Scott. Lots of energy. Lots of fun. We will be back right after these words from our sponsors. Want to know the secret to saving on the cost of dental care? It's simple. Find a dentist who provides all the treatment that you need and not one bit more. Overtreatment has become a huge problem in dentistry. You need an ethical dentist who will not only recommend the treatment that is necessary, but one who also cares. 
Time and again, patients return to Dr. Zach Gordon's practice in Hasbrook Heights because he treats them properly, ethically, and with no shenanigans. Dr. Orden can be reached at 201-393-0022 or by email at drzacho at msn.com. That's D-R-Z-A-C-H-O at msn.com. Give him a call. Joe has solar panels at his house, and he's been saving a lot of money thanks to Justin and Chris at Phoenix Energy in Hackensack, New Jersey. They are a great company, and they are setting up homeowners with no out-of-pocket cost roofs and solar systems. Contact them today for a free quote, 201-316-0162. Once again, that's 201-316-0162. I'm Lisa Mateo from the Pix11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. Absolutely, Lisa. The best talk radio around. Not just on the East Coast, not just on the West Coast, not just in the Southeast, everywhere. Folks, we're back. Uh, great show so far. And, Joe, by the way, I was informed. I have an inside man. His name is Dustin, by the way. This guy, I mean, I pay him every month, and he gives me all the, the, the information that I need as far as the local independent wrestling team. But uh, Dustin actually told me that there is not a championship belt. There is a trophy that the SCI Invitational winner wins, which is cool because, obviously, trophies are awesome, too. And then, you know, you see a lot of these things. Like, we talk about the Stanley Cup trophy and hockey and how it's, you know, Lord Stanley's Cup and it's the greatest thing. Um, so the fact that you have that going on, to me, is, is definitely very interesting. Um, the fact that they have that going on for the Phoenix City Invitational. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, sir, if tomorrow when I go, if I'm actually going to be able to see this trophy in person. Because that would be pretty cool. Because I imagine it's nice. And, um, you know, the guys or gals are going to hold the tournament and uh, I just want to know, my real, my real thing is this. Is anybody going through a plate glass window at the Phoenix City Invitational? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, if Marjanae's around, he might go through another window. Um, but you're right. Take some pictures. I'm guaranteed that that, that uh, trophy will be on display, and it'll be good to see you there. I think you have a great connection. I'm, I'm ha- happy for you, and I'm happy for the show because you, you found somebody that really uh, brings a wealth of knowledge into the program. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it was cool having Scott on because, you know, we never spoken on the phone. We texted each other to set everything else. And like I said, my, my friend Dustin, uh, who, you know, goes to my church, he's actually the one that made the connection. Dustin actually was running his own, uh, like, little, I'm not going to say, little is the wrong word, but his own independent uh, wrestling promotion. It was, it was based on, you know, it, it was a Christian-based promotion. And I know Scott is a Christian also, but... I thought it was cool because, you know, Dustin tried to bring, like, a, you know, a Christian aspect to it and make it about, you know, good and evil and whatnot, which ultimately is what professional wrestling is all about. And it's what it's always been about, you know, the battle between good and evil. I mean, this is this is dumb, but I remember when they had, you know, Vince and Shane against Sean, and, and I, I can't even say who Sean's tag team partner was because it's blasphemous. But, you know, the fact that they always interjected, you know, Sean's, uh, his religious beliefs into his performance, I think having programs like that is very cool because obviously there's a lot of them across the country, but I know Dustin was doing that, and I went to several of his shows, and they were always interesting, and they were always fun. My kids got really into them. So, um, you know, for tomorrow, I mean, they expect us to go, oh, Daddy, you, you never take us to wrestling events. I was like, oh, that's not true, because when Dustin had his events, I took you, so please stop lying. As a matter of fact, I also took my kids, no, my, no, my nephew, I took my nephew 
to uh, the IWF back in Jersey. I mean, that was fun, too. So, to me, independent wrestling, it's fun. It's the lifeblood of pro wrestling. It's where all these different, you know, men and women, you know, get to cut their teeth in. And it's a lot like, you know, it's a lot like um, in baseball when you have, you know, guys who are down in the minors and they're cutting their teeth there and they're trying to make it to the big time. Like I was watching a home run today hit by by Francisco Alvarez, who's one of the Mets' top prospects. I mean, he literally hit the ball out of the ballpark, which is amazing. And then to bring that back to wrestling, you have these men and women who are trying to hit a grand slam, trying to hit a home run, trying to make it and trying to make the best impression that they can. So to me, this is it's very fascinating. Um, sir, just to wrap up with, with what you're talking with Scott, what did you think of his answer as far as the greatest promo of all time? I, I thought he was going to go um, a little bit before that. Like, I didn't think he would be that recent with Trump Mike and Marge Denny, but I do remember that angle. On th- I think it was like either Superstars or Wrestling Challenge on Saturday or Sunday when that happened, but I do recall that angle. I could see why he would get into wrestling because of that angle because Sean and, and Marge Denny really sold that angle. Oh, absolutely. The fact that they were partners for years and then the betrayal and everything else. And it is amazing how it launched Sean's career, but Marty, unfortunately, because of personal issues, was never really able to make it. But, I mean, Marty was the, was the veteran out of the two. He was the one who kind of led the team. I mean, you know, Sean upstaged him and then the rest was history. But, you know, it's amazing to me when you look at pro wrestling as a whole and all the things that have been happening. Obviously, we may as well kind of keep that flow going. Because we talked about, you know, privately, SummerSlam, we talked about Roman Reigns is going to be the champion, you know, for at least uh, 12,000 days. So he'll be champ until WWE goes out of business. Uh, The fact that Brock didn't defeat him. And, you know, one of the things to me, and I've had this conversation with Dustin and some of the guys at church, at times wrestling can be a little bit too much. And it's just the wholesome family fun entertainment aspect of it, you know, it's not there. When they're wrestling, it's there, but the other stuff, the outside angle, that's the stuff that kind of throws it off for me, sir. I mean, and, you know, when you have things like uh, the professional and the personal getting mixed up, you know, it's just, there's kind of a lot going on there, but obviously pro wrestling has, has been a, it's a big week in pro wrestling, sir, and, and, and you know, coming off SummerSlam and all that. So much to fit in that the coal line is, is lit up Frank is earning his money. He's eating his hamburger. <laughs> I think we need to t- do another show this week, but that's up to you. Uh, but let's let's get to the callers. Yeah, no, definitely. We actually have a call, and I've mentioned him a couple of times. I know the Angel from Woodland Park is on hold, but we we're, we haven't spoke. We haven't gotten into baseball yet, so we're gonna. I know Angel is. He's been talking, you know, off the air. He's he's ready to go. But we're gonna talk a little bit more about wrestling. Uh, we have. Joining us on the hotline, first-time uh, listener and first-time caller, Dustin uh, from Parts Unknown. Dustin, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm great. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can hear you. Now, Dustin, I know that, uh, you know, obviously I was joking around, you know, kind of messing with you because I knew you were on the line. But uh, we had Scott on earlier, and uh, it was a great interview, lots of fun, you know, high energy. I'm really looking forward to the event tomorrow, and uh, and I know you are, too. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, I've been uh, friends with Scott for several years now. Um, as you mentioned before, uh, if, if they were listening, but uh, I had a independent promotion of my own. Uh, it was a Christian pro wrestling company called Wrestling for God. Um, I had it from, I started in 2017 and ran shows until 2020. And 
obviously, like many other things, uh, small businesses included, uh, pandemic kind of killed my business uh, with uh, working with churches and youth groups. Um, so I ended up having to get out of the business. But uh, I ran about 10 to 15 shows um all together and uh during that time i developed a friendship with scott he was my ring announcer and also helped me a lot with booking my shows because uh, he knew a lot of the wrestlers around the area right <clears throat> he's such a great he's such a great guy and runs a great um independent uh promotion with uh scenic city invitational uh like he said they they run three or four times a year now um I think this year they ran twice, the Rumble and then the Phoenix City Invitational. That's their biggest show. And, again, like he said, it draws wrestlers from everywhere. Uh, you know, like he said, Canada and uh, overseas and, and obviously all over the United States. Uh, and they go on to do bigger and better things. And it's, it's a, a great independent event. I recommend if anybody's close to the Chattanooga area to come, even if you're in the surrounding states. Uh, because it's just a great time. I know we're kind of a short window because it's the shows this weekend. Uh, but they, right, right. they usually draw. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I was waiting for you to finish, but I was going to say that you mentioned other states. I mean, Chattanooga literally sits on the border of Tennessee and Georgia, so you have all of North Georgia. I know there's a lot of other uh, independent wrestling shows out in Georgia, um, you know, ironically, I was in uh, I was in Dunlap uh, last week, and they run some they run some professional wrestling events, uh, indie events out of Dunlap, you know, which is which is again, it's probably thirty, forty minutes away from Chattanooga, but it's still considered to be the same area. Now, when Scott was on, he was mentioning several wrestlers that had been in the promotion or had been, you know, in the Phoenix City Invitational, and he knew, and he it was like a who's who of guys that you know people have heard of. You know, you're talking about. He mentioned Daniel Garcia, who's a big deal in AEW. He mentioned Marco Stun. He mentioned Alan Angels, who just who just finished up with AEW. But these are guys that, like, any wrestling fan would know who they are, you know, because of the popularity of AEW. And, uh, you know, he mentioned Ben Carter, which is funny, the fact that his name was Ben Carson, because my first thought was, well, I didn't realize that he was a neurosurgeon and also a professional wrestler. That's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, that to me, is it's just really interesting and really fascinating because, you know, Joe and I had some exposure up in New Jersey with a lot of different independent wrestling promotions and promoters, you know, like IWF, which they ran shows for years. They, they'd always have WWE Hall of Famers on and WWE Legends, like Tony Atlas, Tito Santana, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing about wrestling is that everybody can kind of get into it. I mentioned something earlier, uh, Dustin, before you called in, but uh, I hung out with some of the guys from church on Monday, and I found out that, like, Almost all the guys there are huge wrestling fans, still watch and still keep up with it, or they're, you know, big-time childhood fans. So wrestling is one of those things that you just never know who's into it. What fascinates me is that I'm a, I'm a pro sports fan. I like, you know, baseball, football, et cetera. But then I also like wrestling, which, of course, is predetermined. So to find so many other guys out there, to me, that's interesting. Like that there's people who love the predetermined aspect of pro wrestling, and then also the the professional sport aspect of you know other sports. So I think that that's pretty cool, uh, Dustin. Oh yes, I mean I would definitely agree, David. That uh, there's a huge connection between if you're a sports fan, uh, even if I mean even if you don't like baseball or basketball or the traditional sports, UFC, all of that. Uh, it, there's a huge connection with pro wrestling, and obviously you see that with like WWE and AEW bringing in 
guys that, you know, are, you know, mixed martial arts and UFC fighters and just all the things that they're doing now across promotion and with sports uh, with both, both, you know, UFC and uh, WWE and AEW, but all those, it's just amazing to see what they're doing, uh, you know, transforming pro wrestling really um, with how, especially with AEW and the realistic hard hitting style that they have, the wrestlers, uh, you see it going back to more, I don't know how much you followed uh, other than like the traditional, but like Japanese wrestling, when you watch Japanese wrestling, it's hard hitting style. It's more like a fight. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, I, yep. that's what I love to see is more realistic uh, wrestling that, you know, uh, if, if, if you were just watching on TV, you would say, man, it looks like they're really fighting. Uh, that's that I like that. But like you mentioned, uh, storylines, everything else draws you in as well. Um, and I would recommend just for your listeners, and, and I won't take up too much more of your time, but, uh, that if you're, even if you're, uh, a, were a wrestling fan in the past, uh, just going back to Scott's show, like independent wrestling, uh, is on a boom right now. There is so many independent wrestling promotions out there. Uh, like he said, IWTV, if you get a, a subscription, I think it's still $10 or $9.99 a month, uh, there is so much access to uh, independent independent wrestling on that uh, on that platform, and there's other platforms as well. But uh, that you can have access to and live shows, and uh, you know, obviously, you can go back and watch them on demand. But uh, I would recommend if you've never been to an independent wrestling show, like a local show, or even in your state, I would recommend that you go because it's so much different experience than going to a giant live show of WWE or even AEW now um, because you get to interact with the wrestlers. I mean, obviously the cost is cheaper usually. Uh, There's so many different aspects that uh, I love about it. You see, like you mentioned, the stars of tomorrow being born at these independent wrestling shows. You mentioned Alan Angels and AEW. He was on one of my first shows. uh, And uh, I struck and so was Ben Carter, actually. He was on my first show. Um, and, and so just having those guys and then seeing where they are now, it just makes you so proud of them and, and how hard they worked to get there. Obviously, I had nothing to do with that. They, you know, and Scott, I mean, he can say that he had a lot to do with it. I mean, with having them on Scenic City Invitational events, they saw a lot more exposure. Um, but, yes, yeah, you seeing them at an independent wrestling show and then seeing them on TV is an amazing just going back and, and thinking about it and just makes you happy and proud for those people uh, that are just working hard because it is a business for them. They work hard and they put in the hours and the work, and it is tough on your body uh, what you're doing. Uh, you know, if, even if it's every weekend or once a weekend, it's still tough on your body. Uh, I will tell you, that, David, that I did wrestle for – five years uh, from 2003 to 2008 in the middle Tennessee area. And uh, I still feel the effects of, on my back and, and different <laughs> joints that, from, from pro wrestling back then. Cause I was one of those guys that liked to jump off the top rope and do some crazy stuff. Uh, now I'm a, a little bit older, a little bit smarter. So if I ever got back in the ring, I'd probably do some things different, but yeah, I, 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 I love professional wrestling. And I, it's again, if, if you are a listener and you would love to, you love to watch WWE or AEW, I would say give it a shot for independent wrestling as well because there's a lot out there, and it's, it's just, uh, you know, you can get immersed in those different uh, promotions. 
Now, Dustin, you, uh, I mean, Dustin, sorry. Uh, you mentioned a lot of stuff there, uh, and me and Dave thought that, and Frank, too, it would be best to do a show all about wrestling uh, and have some guests on. Uh, we, we'd love to have you on talk about uh, your experiences, your, your um, you know, who you met, who you didn't meet uh, throughout the, your career as a um, wrestler, and it'd be good to, but it's, for me, I know Dave's going to laugh, but I finally found the person that's behind the angle between Shawn Michaels and God. I don't know if you remember when uh, Shawn Michaels was wrestling with God. He tagged up with God. It was uh, Dustin that uh, that came with his angle. So <laughs> I, I finally found him. <laughs> yeah, he pitched that idea to Vince McMahon. But, you know, Dustin, it's funny you it mentioned, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, the cross-promotion of different sports. One thing that always fascinates me is the fact that WWE always sends these the world championship, uh, baseball, basketball, football, like a lot of these guys are, a lot of these pro athletes are big wrestling fans. And the fact that they, they'll send them title belts with the plate of the, the team, the championship team, you know, I always thought that was, that was definitely pretty cool. And it's a nice tie-in for them, you know, to get the exposure with a regular sports fan versus a wrestling fan. But, uh, you know, thank you so much for calling in Dustin. We really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the show tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll have a good time. Yeah, we will. I appreciate you having me on too, David. And uh, uh, just yeah. thank you for having Scott on as well and promoting his show for him. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for, for making that connection, Dustin. We appreciate it, and we'll definitely talk to you soon. All right. God bless you guys. All right. God you bless too. You. Take care. Folks, Bye. that was Dustin joining us from Tennessee, the great state of Tennessee, by the way. And I know that we've talked a lot about pro wrestling this morning, but we have sprinkled in some. Um, we need to get a. One of our one of our listeners on, and uh, he's been on hold for uh, four hours possibly. I mean, he's been sitting on hold all night. I want to see if this works. We're having some, some technical difficulties because, of course, it wouldn't be PG if there wasn't technical difficulties. Angel, are you on? Yeah, bro, I'm listening. Angel from Wonder Park joining us. The, the great Angel. Listen, um, we, we we talked a lot about wrestling. There's a big event here this weekend, but you know, I don't want to talk about Haystack Calhoun or, you know, Bobo Brazil or Anthony Naraka. I want to talk about the Mets. Let's talk about the Mets. You're excited. I mean, what's going on? Talk to us. Hey, listen, what about Killer Kowalski? Uh, listen, well, I don't know. I um, <laughs> I know you guys are talking about wrestling and whatnot, and uh, it sounded very interesting. But right now, the Mets are winning two to, two to nothing. You know, Carrasco's pitching. He's pitching very, very well. But, you know, I have a question for you guys. That bohemian that they got, Vogelbach, I don't know. That, that, that oh, guy, yes, I yes. mean, the first, the first inning he hits into a double play, he can't run. Why did they get him? <laughs> well, listen, he hit a grand slam yesterday. I think that I think that's well, that, that, the that fact was that against the Nationals. Yeah, but, I mean, heck, you, nope. you can, it's like I would say, you, you can only beat who's in front of you. I mean, got the guy, he hit a home run, he hit a grand slam. That's all that matters. Um, you know, one of the things that Joe and I talked about off the air, and obviously we can talk about it now, is the fact that the Mets didn't really make any big moves. We were, we were expecting them to make yeah. some big moves. And uh, they put right. them. Were you, were you disappointed by that? Yes, I was. I was hoping that they get that catcher from uh, from Chicago. And uh, you know, they went over their heads. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't, yes. they didn't get nobody. Listen, what about that pitcher that they got from uh, Chicago? Given, 
that that guy. Yeah, I mean, if he, yeah. If he, if he pitches like that against Atlanta, they could they could throw him right back to Chicago, man. <laughs> yeah, that guy's he, just he a waste a of time. I, I tell but listen, you what thing, did you want I, them I to do? I, you know, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. What did you actually want the Mets to do? You mentioned Contreras. I mean, is there anybody else you would have gone after? You know, what, what do you think the Mets could have done or should have done at the trade deadline? Well, I tell you, they should have got a decent catcher. They, they should have got a decent catcher. They got uh, McCann came back today. They hit a fly, they hit a uh, a fly ball or uh, what is it, a foul ball, and the guy just dropped it. You know, he, I mean. A catcher like that, I mean, he was under the stable list for such a long time. He comes back and he's, you know, he's rusty. He can't hit. And that other guy, uh, Escobar, that's another guy that they got to get rid of. Are you with me? So, I mean, we just are get rid of the yeah, entire, the entire team. <laughs> yeah, no, we're here. So you just want them to get rid of everybody, is what you're saying? Man, well, I tell you, man, I mean, the Mets are doing good. Don't question about it. They, they got a decent team. But you know, uh, Atlanta's breathing down their neck, man. You know, they they got to get they got to get a catcher that actually could you know could either hit or you know or could do more than the more than what they're doing right now. Uh, Angel, it took until August fourth to finally get on board with you with the Mets pessimism, pessimism because I I feel that at the trade deadline they weren't going to Soto because he wasn't going to be traded within division, but. People like the Boston Red Sox were were sellers too, and like I fell in love with uh, Devers, a uh, third baseman. Yeah, if you look up his uh, stats, Devers' stats are really good. And you know, Degrom is back. Okay, what what good is it if you're going to lose two to one or once to nothing in the playoffs? I think they need to improve in their offense, and I think they need to do that. I don't think they're going to go far because they need to have a better offense for the playoffs. Well, I understand what you're saying. Uh, Alonso just hit a home run. The Mets are oh. winning four to nothing. Jeez. Oh, and didn't uh, Tyler Naquin also hit a home run? So I think yeah, you know so. Alonzo. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second, Angel, real quick. But Alonzo impressed me. I saw him hit a home run. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I mean, this pitch was a low outside slider, and he hit it like yes. off balance, you know. And he hit the he hit the ball like 420 feet to center field, like an. At a, a, a slide, I, I rewound it repeatedly. The ball was low and outside, and he took it straight away to center field. I mean, the guy's a monster. He's an absolute monster. Well, I'm not. I'm not disputing <laughs> what you're saying. He golfed it. He picked it up from the ground. You know, and yeah, it's uh, the, the guy's strong. The guy's strong. No question about it. I give him that. Now they got the Bohemian. He's he's hitting right now. So I don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> that guy can't run. I don't know why they got him. <laughs> I don't know why they got him. Well, they I mean, got the guy, him because supposedly know. he's good against right-handed, uh, right-handed uh, pitchers. He's left-handed, so right. he crushes right-handed hitting uh, pitching. Well, but the Mets went and they got him, and then they got um, what's his name? I actually forget his name out there. The the right-handed yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Ruff, Darren Ruff. They, they got yeah, I know. They got yeah. two guys. To play one position, I don't understand the thinking. You got a right-handed hitter and a left-handed hitter. Instead of just getting one DH, they got two guys who don't even amount to a good player. So I feel like the Mets really thank dropped you. the ball. Thank you, thank you. That that's why I'm telling you the Mets sooner or later, you know, they're up there, and all of a sudden, they, you know, they fall. You know, so I totally agree with what you're saying, but I don't know. Those are the Mets. The Mets do things backwards. You know? <laughs> How many games do you want, Angel? Yeah. I, 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 I know it's real. You hit a home run. You hear me? 
Oh, oh, look, you're talking smack about him. He hit another home run. Unbelievable. You were – keep it up. Keep on talking trash. Keep on ta- – let, let us know that the next guy's going to strike out and then the best are going to win 15 to nothing. I think we have hey, a show on uh, every hey, week Joe. and talk trash about them because they went. They hit overs. Jeez. Hey, Joe, I hey, agree. Joe how, was your, how was your vacation? It was good. It was nice, Angel. Um I'm I was going to ask you, though. You... It was nice. Uh, it was good to get away. But um, I was just going to ask you that. No, Joe. The Mets have a... Yeah. Well, Joe, real quick. Um, you, you mentioned vacation. Was, was this uh, when, when you were uh, back in prison? I mean, you know, I, I, is that what you call vacation? Because I heard that's where you were that, uh, you know, you got locked up for uh, one, of your, one of your rants that you did. Yeah, I can't talk about that on the air because, those, you know, the uh, legal uh, ramifications... Don't allow me to talk about that, but I just want to ask Angel. We have a five-game series with the Braves. Realistically, do you think the Mets could take four out of five because they have a doubleheader on hey, Saturday? I hope, or? I, hope, I hope they could take all five games, tell you the truth. Wow. I, uh, you know, they got the pitching. They got the pitching to, you know, to go ahead. But uh, I don't know, man. Look, I saw that game yesterday with Washington, and Washington came, you know, they, they – they, they would have had a couple of more uh, uh, runners on base. I think they would have taken the Mets. You know, I mean, they five runs in the last inning with two outs. Come on. They yeah, no, that, that, away, that, is, that is pretty terrible. I, I can't yeah. lie. That's no, question, no question about it. I was actually I mean, at dinner yesterday, and I'm, you know, no, I messed up 9 nothing. That's great. And then I keep getting updates on my phone, 9-1, to one. another home run, 9-2. to two. I was yeah. nine to five, and I yelled. At, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And my wife was like, "What's wrong?" I said, "The Mets are winning nine to nothing, and they just gave up five <laughs> runs in the ninth inning. Unbelievable! I mean, it made me sick. It made me want to puke." Uh, well, well, listen, listen. You guys are doing a fantastic job. You know, it's, it's a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, you take care of yourself, and you know, keep up the good work. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Angel. We appreciate. It. I hope. I hope you have another wrestler, you know, maybe maybe somebody from the dead will come back and talk to you guys, you know? Oh, yeah, that that would be that great. Goes. And just so you folks know, for those of you listening to the show, we, we don't pay Angel to say nice things about us. He just, he just loves this show. It's his favorite show, and he thinks we're better than Mike and the Mad Dog. Angel, thank you so much for, for calling us. No question it. about it. You guys keep up the good work, man. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Folks, yeah. one and only. <laughs> The incomparable angel from Wilden Park. We also have, we also have another. Call. I mean, this, this is hot and heavy, sir. We just have to, the phone lines, the phone banks are lit up. We would be a success on Sirius for that reason alone, um, sir. We had David, who is joining us uh, again from parts unknown, like everybody else. David, how are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. I'm glad that. Uh... You guys are back. Last week I was checking in, and you guys are on vacation. I'm like, what the heck are you guys doing? You, you you're taking vacation? There's no vacation in well, this I business, mean, you know? The thing is, Joe had to uh, visit his parole officer, so that's why we weren't able to do the show. But, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, we're and back. He, and and he, had to, he had to he had to get clean for that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, he the, had the to make drug sure testing the, and everything. The sample so. was good. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So what's on your mind this evening, uh, David? Well, I mean, Angel was, you know, just mentioned about vacations and, you know, the summer's ending in a month. The kids are going to be going back to school very soon. Um, so, you know, just kind of get your guys' uh, perspective on the vacations or the kind of 
events, the you know the barbecues and whatnot that you guys uh, had or will be having, you know, uh, this summer. Hey, Joe, I think that David is basically in a roundabout way asking uh, when you're going to invite him over for a barbecue. barbecue. I think that's that's what we're getting at. See, I've been asking Joe when he's going to come over here. But, you know, I understand what's going on that, you know, he can't necessarily make it here. But uh, Well, I mean, think (laughs) about it, David. You know, the fact that he has an ankle bracelet on, I mean, he's being monitored. He can't go very far. You know, I mean, no, that, that's no, the whole thing. Yeah. He can't leave the house. Yeah, as soon as he leaves the door, that thing goes off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you could say that I have uh, vacations with David and Dave. And it's, uh, anybody named Dave, I go on vacation. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit you, David, uh, for sure. And Dave, I'll visit you for sure next year. Uh, but, yeah, um, some of the vacations. Didn't you go on a, a sweet vacation recently, Dave? David? Yeah, actually, uh, last week while you guys were on vacation, I was also on vacation. I was in Williamsburg, Virginia, visiting Bush Gardens, uh, Water Country, USA, Colonial Williamsburg. Um, so it was a real nice thing. And then at the end of the month, I'll be in uh, Myrtle Beach. Oh, wow. So let me, just, yeah. let me just chime in here real quick. You mentioned Williamsburg, Virginia. You mentioned Bush Gardens. What's interesting is that for one year of my life, I actually lived in Virginia, and because um, I'm originally from New Jersey, born and raised, and then you know my family moved down there, and I love Bush Gardens, one of my favorite amusement parks. I was actually telling somebody recently about the fact that when I was a kid, I used to go to Bush Gardens. Um, so it's fascinating. Well, what I remember most, other than the ride, is the fact that we would go, and and you know my dad, if my dad were listening, he would know because he used to take us. Um, I remember going to the Bush factory or the, you know, where they make beer, Anheuser-Busch, and I said there was a specific smell that I remember going on the tour, and to this day I have not forgotten. If I ever smell that type of beer, it just brings back these memories. I mean, after I, after I puke, it definitely makes me uh, remember it, but it's, it's fun because that, that's definitely a great place. Uh, the fact that you just mm-hmm. went is very cool, David. So um, I appreciate that. Yeah. For sure. Brings back good memories. Yeah, Bush Gardens is probably you know, one of the cleanest, nicest uh, amusement parks you can go to. When we were there, my wife even commented she liked it better than Disney World. Now, Disney World, I think, is just a different experience, but you know, it is right. a, a beautiful park. Um, I would compare Bush Gardens more towards like a Six Flags. Um, it's you know, Bush Gardens is much cleaner and nicer than Six Flags, but I think Six Flags probably has more rides, uh, more attractions that you could do there than Bush Gardens does. Still, right. it, was, I mean, it was a great trip. I mean, trip. let's be real, David. It's no action park or anything, but, you know. Bush no, Gardens it's no action park. A cool place. It's, it's definitely well, no thing, action though, park. You mentioned Disney. The good thing is that you didn't have to sell uh, both of your kidneys to be able to afford going to Bush Gardens like you would have if you have to go to Disney. No, you know, uh, you, you just, you know, when you're drinking, uh, you know, the Bush, uh, Anheimer Bush, then your, your kidneys just go. Uh, you don't have to right, tell them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you mentioned, Dave, David, you mentioned vacations. Like, uh, I would say get them in as much as you can this month of August and a little bit of September because, I think the first NFL game is tonight, uh, preseason. So football is right around the corner. We're still focused on 
baseball, but it's good to be uh, talk about vacation because this is the time that you want to take advantage of those barbecues, like you said, and take advantage of the nice weather. It's a little too hot right now, but, um, you know, they, uh, I, I can't uh, thank you enough for calling talking about vacation because, uh, Dave, I'm leaving right now. I'm going on vacation. There's another Dave that wants to go on vacation with me. That will be a third Dave. Um, so I'll see you guys later. Which, yeah. <laughs> where are you guys going, by the way? Where, uh, what do you mean? Sorry. You you are taking a vacation, or are you, you, or, or are you just taking I'm it going easy? to Dewey I, Beach. You, Dewey Beach, Delaware. Dewey Beach, oh, Delaware. Okay. Oh, you're going to see Joe Biden. Nice. You're going to yeah, go yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. Biden. Very cool. Yeah. I'm have some, I'm going to have some ice cream with Joe Biden. Uh, he likes swirl. I like chocolate straight up. Uh, but, you know, I'll take a picture. I'll send to you guys, me and Joe Biden, if he's available. Uh, if he doesn't fall off the bike, you know, how it is. We'll have some ice cream. Oh, yeah. That's good. Make sure you document it for everybody to see. Uh, the hot mess that is Joe Biden. Hot mess express. Um, now, are you – Are you uh, anything coming up recent in the very near future? I mean, you mentioned the end of the month. I mean, right now we're at the beginning of August, but obviously school starts. Right. Now, I'm assuming where, where you guys are, it starts after Labor Day still, because here it actually starts in August. So we homeschool. So uh, I think – you know, ours starts in September, um, and you know, even oh, okay. though we homeschool, we're part of a community which we meet uh, once a week with a bunch of uh, other homeschoolers going over the lessons and things like that. So you know, uh, well, that, there cool. is a, a, a yeah a, a schedule to it. Well, see, that's pretty um, cool. Now, I my wife and I we homeschooled. We've only homeschooled our children up until this year where we actually found a Christian school here we're going to send them to. So, you know, we, we vetted the place, and we're feeling good about it. We planned on doing it last year, but my wife got really sick and hospitalized multiple times with COVID. Uh, thanks, Biden. And um, because of that, we weren't able to do it. We thought the idea of sending the girls to school and uh, then maybe coming back and sick and, and getting her sick was, was too great a risk. So we're trying something different this year. We'll see how it works, but... I mean, homeschooling has been, uh, has been a big part of my life, and uh, it's definitely on the table in the future. So it's great that you guys have a community and a support system, um, you know, for that, because obviously that is, you know, I 100% support homeschooling. It's a great thing. Mm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, very nice. <laughs> You're always welcome on the show. Indeed. You're always welcome on the show. You're always welcome to call. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Guys, have a great night. Um, you know, uh, hope you guys do get together with other uh, friends and family, building the relationships now, you know, before school starts and you have no time. So take care. Yeah, definitely. You too, sir. Take care. Yep. Brush your hair. Folks, that was David joining <laughs> us from uh, Parts Unknown, also in New Jersey. You, you got to differentiate better, Joe. I mean, you said Dave, David. I mean, I was getting confused. You got to say DG. You gotta say something. I mean, come on. And up, and up, and up, and up. Look, I gotta go on this rant real quick. I know we have Steve on the line. Steve, you're gonna have to wait. Although I still think he's missing this guy. I have to go on a rant now. Before uh-huh. earlier today, Joe and I were talking on the phone, and I was losing my mind. Yes, the Mets are winning. Awesome. Yes, they won yesterday. Once they win today, they will have won nine of their last ten games. That is great. But the facts are the facts, and the numbers don't lie. 
The Mets needed to make a huge splash, and instead, what did they do? And not a splash for the sake of making a splash, but they needed improvement. They needed a reliever, a lefty reliever. They go and get a right reliever from the Cubs. Send them back to Chicago for some deep dish pizza. Get out, Gibbons. Out. Vogelbach. Yeah, you hit a home run. Yeah, you hit a grand slam yesterday. Get out. Rough. Out. Everybody out. The Mets needed to do what the Yankees did. And now, of course, maybe some of the Yankees moves are questionable. One in particular, when they traded one of their starting pitchers, and they're having issues in starting pitching. We'll get into that in a second with Steve. But I have an issue with the fact that the Mets did not do anything. The Mets, the Mets decided that they were going to play it safe. You cannot play it safe. This is a win-now team. And up and up! They need to win this year. I don't want to hear it. Jacob DeGrom came back. The Mets cannot count on him. It's only one game. The guy hasn't pitched in a year. Are you kidding me? The Mets needed to get help in so many different areas. They end up getting like five guys to play one position at DH. I, I mean, I'm at a loss for words. We know that the Mets prospects never pan out. They never pan out. So why did you not trade some of these guys for a difference maker? Why is Josh Bell not here? Why is Juan Soto not here? Why is the Mets, why are they so scared of making moves? I thought Uncle Steve was in charge. Instead, we have Sandy Alders that I can't stand this guy. Get this guy out of here and up and up. And Steve, uh, how are you doing this evening, sir? <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm talk a lot to us. calmer I mean, than I, yourself. I, I, I've been, yeah, I've been saving that all day. I was so upset and so enraged. But anyway, Steve, I mentioned it in my little rant. Um, give us I, your thoughts I think on you're the right. moves that the Yankees I, made. And what it's, was that? Uh, yeah, I'm saying I think you're right anyways on your Mets, um, uh, you know, uh, assessment there. They should have done more. But uh, maybe around baseball, people probably figured out is what you already figured out. Their prospects are, are awful, right? So <laughs> so maybe they so, – so, so maybe you can only fool so many people so many times, and after a while they're looking at different teams and they're saying, okay, I got Mets prospects who have like a 5% success rate. Um, we're not going to trade Soto yeah. to you. We're not going to trade this guy to you. We're not trading these people to you because your prospects aren't good. So, that, that, I mean, you got to look at it that way. That, that's the way I see it. I, I don't think they they didn't do anything. I think they they don't have, you know, who would believe in their prospects? I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not trading. <laughs> I'm not trading good players for, for, for Mets prospects. They go and get Darren Ruff. The guy's a mid, middle-of-the-road player. You trade four players for a middle-of-the-road guy who's essentially your, your right-handed hitter, DH, against lefties. I don't even understand that mentality. But let's talk about the Yankees for a second. The Yankees made a yeah, lot of yeah. moves. The Yankees were considered by many to be one of the winners of the trade deadline. What did you think about their moves? Uh, I mean, they're, they're, I, I don't see any big difference, to be honest with you. I was, just, they're, they're, I was questionable about the pitching change. Uh, that's all I was going to ask about. So, you know, giving up, you know, do I want to give up Montgomery – who's been as consistent as it gets for, you know, for Italian, right? You, you're starting Jameson over him. Basically, that's what you, or, or, or basically what they're saying is we're going to go Montas, Cortez, Cole, and no one else is seeing the mount. I mean, that, that, that's, that's basically what they're saying. And, and they're playing pieces in for October. I mean, that, that's the only way I can look at it because logically it doesn't make any sense. But, but from well, what they're saying. What doesn't make sense to me about that move 
what doesn't make sense to me with enough to adjust these, but the fact that so they, they're, they're having an issue with starting pitching, right? They go and trade one of their consistent starting pitchers for a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, is constantly injured. And as a matter of fact, he's injured right now. So I don't understand what Cashman was thinking. I just don't get well, what well, the point I'm saying, uh, of, of trading No, I understand. Right. Right. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you're, you're perfectly right. Like, it's one thing to, to, to uh, legitimize the trade and saying, okay, I'm going to trade my starting pitcher for – an outfielder that's going to help help us in October, but the outfielder you picked <laughs> is somebody that's hurt all the time, right? That, that's kind of what you're saying. Yep. Right. And, and I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand the, the mentality there. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. first of all, Montgomery's a lefty, right? Which lefties are always at a premium, you know? And, I mean, this guy this guy was pitching well for the Yankees. He's been dependable. And the Yankees needed the help. So walk me through this. Yeah, they added Frankie Montas, but wh- Why? Why would you get rid of a lefty pitcher, starting pitcher, mind you, who was doing a good job and was pretty consistent? Yeah, I'm, I'm just – the only way I can think of is that they're looking, you know, 45 days from now, and that's it. They, they're, going, they're going those three guys, and no one else has seen the mound, and, uh, and, um, and, and that's it. And, and they're hoping Bader can, is going to be healthy in 45 days to, to pinch hit and, and steal bases – that's it. I mean, that's basically what they're doing. I mean, I think it's an, an awful trade, uh, but but that's basically what they're trying to do. Um, they're trying to just give guys rest in the last 45 days, get an outfielder. Because Hicks is awful. Hicks has no business playing at all. Zero. I mean, if Bader was healthy, uh, he'd, he'd be playing tomorrow, I would think. I mean, I, I don't know how you can keep playing Hicks at this point. But, uh, hey, right. you know, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter at this point, to be honest. They're, they're, the season's over for them. It's, it's done. They're, 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 they're ready. I mean, they're 45 games away, days away from playing when it counts. And now they're just, they're just uh, you know, just going through the motions. That's it. It doesn't really matter. The fact that you got rid of Joey Gallo for anything besides a bag of crap is, uh, is amazing because uh, I think Cashman <laughs> deserves a bonus for just getting rid of Joey Gallo. So I can't believe that he's won him, Steve. Uh, but I'm guessing by your answers uh, that you were answer, uh, that they were asking you that the the Yankees didn't do enough to beat the Astros. Like they didn't load up, and you don't think they they, they did enough to beat the Astros? You think or what's your no, thoughts on that? No, they definitely don't. No, but they did. But they didn't though. I mean, I mean, how much more can you do? I mean, they have they have two hundred something million dollars already. I mean, this is yeah, I mean, if, you, if you can't load up with two hundred something million dollars and you need more help, then you need another GM. <laughs> just somebody else get somebody else in here. That, that, you know, I mean, you, you I mean. It's, Enough's enough. That's it. So I'm the biggest Yankee fan there is. But I mean, after a while, you got to say, oh, we need help. We need help. We got to get them. Oh, Stanton's out. Oh, no. Oh, Stanton's out. Yeah. Okay. Well, now you only have like $95 million in, in, you know, hitters in the top. You know, I mean, figure it out, guys. I mean, I mean, what's going on here? It's just, after a while, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, it's foolish. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Thing. I just have to think about us being Yankee uh, Mets fans from. You know, the one World Series we won was 1986. This was the year to, to meet the Yankees in the World Series. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think the, the Mets have enough lineup uh, offense to beat the, the Dodgers in the playoffs or the Padres, for example, in the, in the playoffs. I think that I wanted a Subway Series. I don't think we're going to get one even. It, it's, I, no I think way. It's no way. Yeah. No, I, no. I, I don't okay. know. I, I, you guys, are, we're, we're on opposite sides of the, of, of the, uh, of the spectrum. I, I'm, I like the Mets a lot. I like their team. All I know is in 45 days, if the Grom is healthy and Scherzer is healthy, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, but see, good luck. here's you the be, problem, be... though. And, and Joe, Joe and I are lifelong Mets fans. We can tell you 
DeGrom pitched the other night. Mets couldn't score a run. The Mets never score when DeGrom is on the mound. The fact is that I know, they needed I know, somebody to I know. protect Pete Alonso in this lineup. They did yeah. not get it. Pete is a monster. He's doing great. I can't I can't wait to say uh, to see Aaron Judge on this team next year to protect him in the lineup because that'd be awesome. But the fact of the matter is they don't have that now. So, yeah, the, the Mets have a lot of good pieces, but they are not a complete team. They're both mistakes. Other than Edwin Diaz, which I can't believe I'm saying it, I mean, he's been great this year, but the Mets both in state. And yeah, the pitching can only take you so far. If you're if they're not throwing complete games, you know, the, yeah. the bullpen can't hold them. So th- that's why I don't think the yeah. Mets are going to make it all the way. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. That that that's where they missed the they missed their shot. It's not just adding these superstars. It was just adding like they didn't need you know Martinez and JD Martinez and Soto were thrown around all the time. But I, just, just what they're what they missed is getting bullpen help. Yeah. Because their lineup's great. I mean, Dave Robertson, hello. Yeah, the lineup's good, but the lineup's also inconsistent. I mean, they couldn't get Dave Robinson. They could Robertson. Sorry, they couldn't get somebody like that. I just feel like they played it so conservatively with it, not wanting to trade any of their prospects. Which, as you mentioned, their prospects come pan out, which is where I admire what Cashman did. Other than the Montgomery trade, which after reading about it to me makes no sense. I don't think the other trades were bad moves at all. I think that the Yankees, you know, uh, obviously no. they're. I mean, hell, but. If, if they don't if they don't get out of the first round this year, I mean, I, I would be stunned. But obviously, the Yankees are going to take the A at least. That that's that's pretty much a, a fact at this point. Barring a Willie Randolph esque collapse, I think they'll be fine. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, the season's um, over. You know, Steve, yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 at that point, basically, yeah, that that's it, it is over. I mean, there's there's not much there's not much you can do. Nope. So you know, the Yankees are going to do do what they do, as it were, and uh, you know the. the the ALE stinks, and the fact is that the Yanks are, are going to take it all. And, and, and that, I mean, hell, they're up by 11 games. They have 70 wins. They have a 660 winning percentage. I mean, unbelievable. The fact that they've gone – this is what blows my mind. The, the Yankees have gone 5-5, five and five, 500 base for the last 10 games. They're still up by 11. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, you know, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, and, and I mean – I mean, they're great oh, now. Good. I mean, but you know, I mean, they won. You know, you can go back and forth. I mean, to me, it, if you win 96 games, 99, 101, 102. I mean, I, I don't see the difference, to be honest with you. I really, I don't. I just yeah. after what you, you got, you guys are lifelong Mets fans. I'm a lifelong Yankee fan. I mean, we've seen in the last, I don't know, 10 years, 98, 99, 96, 97, 101, 102. They got yeah. nothing. So I'm not interested. They, they can win 115 yeah, games this year. I, I don't care. <laughs> Who cares? You got to be. Yeah, what matters, be what matters is the postseason. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. The this season's over. I don't care what you're I mean, doing. Just, they, they can't. They cannot yeah, get I mean, out of this season without getting the World Series. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. You know, I'm over here looking at the standings and stuff. You, you know, the Mets, as far as first place to, to last place, the Mets have a 31 game lead over the Washington Nationals. That that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. <laughs> The Nationals have yeah. the Nationals have almost as many wins as the Mets have losses. I mean that that that's pretty amazing. But uh, wow. anyway, listen, wow. we, we, as always, we appreciate you calling in. Um, yeah, thank you. you. Know, hopefully, the Yankees will, will will go far, and I hope the Mets go far because it'll be good. It'll be good stuff to talk yeah. about for sure. But we always appreciate your call. For now. sure. Yes, sir. Good, great job, guys. You have a yep. good one. Good night. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. You too. Uh, I mean, we, we get a lot of great – we we have a good, solid listener base, sir. 
you know, good callers, good stuff. Now, let, before we before we close out the show, because I know we're heading into overtime right now, um, I got I gotta I gotta know. I have to know, Frank. I need you your thinking assessment. Of um, oh yeah, <laughs> great minds think alike. I need your assessment, Frank, of the Yankees and the trade deadline. I went nuts about yeah. the Mets, and I know that Joe 100% agrees with me. We, we talked about it. We could not, but we were, I, I know we were both disgusted with what they did it to. I know Angel, our, our intrepid sports reporter, because he and I spoke also, he told me the same thing. He he loved what Cashman did. That was before the Montgomery trade, but he, he, I mean, he was giving props to Brian Cashman. But as a Yankee fan, Frank, give us your take. Well, I thought it was kind of cool and kind of, um, it was something yesterday when, um, with the game yesterday with Cole, you know, struggling in the first inning and ironically facing the pitcher that I really wanted, Castilla. But um, what I'm hearing from everyone is that the Yankees have certain prospects, and there's about three guys that they do not want to get rid of, and I'm sure all the teams are trying to get those guys. You know, they were all asking about them, and we don't hear that as Yankee fans. Like, we don't hear the trades that were turned down. So – in a way, I'm happy we still got our prospects. I think we have to wait and see on the center fielder. Like, like they're, obviously, the doctors must have went over it a million times with the guy. But we've got to see what's going to happen next month. Like, when he actually plays center field and you have Judge and you have Stanton and you have him out there in, in the outfield, everything's going to might look good. And Montgomery I really liked, and I felt bad that he left, but I think it's basically saying they don't want to put him in the playoff situation. Like, they don't trust him enough to, like, start him, I'm thinking, in a, in a crucial Astros series. You know, they don't see Montgomery as that guy. They got, they got Montes for that situation. They obviously like Herman better than Montgomery. I was comparing the stats. They're very similar. You know, so they probably see a higher ceiling with Herman for some reason. But um, I guess I have to wait. I have to see how this how this pans out in center field because I know they really wanted to get Judge out of there, and they didn't. That was that was what they were really looking to do. And he's apparently one of the best Gold Glove speedsters out there. But we'll see what happens with the plantar fasciitis. Gotcha. I, I know the Yankees. Um, I still think that uh, Brian Cashman is a genius. Uh, he's the best GM out there. To get rid of Joe Yell for anybody, I don't care to me. Uh, the reason, the, the fact that he uh, is now off the team is just amazing. Addition by subtraction. But do you think that? Do you think, uh, Frank, that all these moves that the, the Yankees made um, are, are enough to beat the Astros, or do you think that they're about the same team? I think they're like it they can go either way. Like I really think both teams are really good. And um, hopefully Stanton tells me because that's huge. Like if Stanton is like hurt in that series, that's not good. But um, I think, I mean, it could go either way again. I really think home field really matters for these two teams for some reason. I think with the Yankees, it wouldn't matter as much with other teams as much as it does with Houston. I think when the Yankees go to Houston, they're like, they can't hit at all. So yeah, I think. I think the home field is huge. They're right on each other. You know, Houston's right on their tail for the best overall. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it could go either way. If the Yankees lost the series, I don't know what they would, what the fans would say about that. I mean, you would be like, would you want to fire Boone at that point? Like, just because you can't beat the Astros? It's, 
it's crazy. There's always a team. Like, it was Boston in the past. Now it's Houston. There's always that team, you know, like you almost build your team just for another team. Which yeah. is interesting. We got what? Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, that's interesting. Sorry, so the minute I think you talk about the Yankees and home field, but I was looking at their record, and they're they are much better at home than they are on the road. I mean, at, at, on the road, they're only eight games over 500, whereas at, at home, they're 26 games over 500. So, I mean, it's a huge difference there, sir. Yeah, they're beasts at home, and um, that might be a key factor, like this overall home field advantage. And it's really close right now. I think the last time I checked, it was three games. I'm not sure if it's still three games, but um, it's amazing how good the Yankees started off, and now like the, there's teams right on their heels. And even the Mets, they're they're not too far behind, you know. And I think I know the Mets didn't make any big moves, but they're they're also getting the Glom back. That's almost like you made a move in a way. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I know they have lineup holes. At the, at the bottom of the lineup. I know their, their bullpen needs help. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see how, how, how many innings these two superstars can pitch. Yeah, I mean, and we, we talked about this, but the fact is that, you know, the Mets don't hit when they're on the mound, and that, that's going to hurt them, especially the Grom. So, you know, it doesn't make a difference. That, you, you know, you could literally sit there. You could literally sit there and throw no hitters if, if you're getting, you know, Walking guys in or whatever, you lose one nothing. I mean, it doesn't matter. So we'll see what the Mets, you know, the Mets can do for the rest of the year. You know, what was the thing? The last thing I want to say is that's such a strange thing, right? Like when certain pitchers go, and and it, it almost makes you think that when great pitchers are pitching, that the other pitcher raises his game. You know, like right. if he's pitching against a pitcher that has like a six ERA, he's like, oh. I'm going to throw more fastballs. I'm going to just challenge hitters because I know we're going to score. But then you have, like, the Grom going, so the pitcher on the other side is like, you know what, I'm going to nibble all day. I'm going to throw sinkers and curves on the outside. There's got to be something that, that, that makes that happen with, you know, those situations. Right, right. Point. That's true. I mean, yeah. they really get puffed up. Definitely I just think with and with Frank, I think the biggest difference between the Mets fan and Yankee fan is that we have 1986 to hang our high on, and that was like 36 years ago, and we won two games in the regular season this year against the Yankees. Uh, if it wasn't for first mentioning that, you know, chiming in that we he got swept by the the Mets, um, that's what we hang our high on. We 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 beat the Yankees two games in the regular season. Yankees are looking to win a championship as always. Uh, that's probably the biggest difference. That we were happy with regular season wins when we should be winning a title this year, I think. Hey, Joe, we should try to I go agree. to the, the Yankee-Met game if we can. August 22nd, that's your sister's birthday, as I recall. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. yeah, the 23rd might be better option, but I, I'd go to a game with you. Um, uh, I think that the Yankees are just so much better than the Mets. uh I mean, we'll see what happens, but the offense is suspect. I don't think the Yankees, uh, the Mets will will be able to uh, the match the Dodgers in the playoffs, for example. So, well, you know, I, I agree, agree with that. On the, like, like I said, if the Mets finish second out of these three teams, the Padres, Dodgers, and Braves, if the Mets finish second in their division, 
they only have to face one of those because the other two are going to face each other. So it's weird. It's weird how that works out. But that's really good for the Mets, you know, not to have to worry about two of those three. We'll see what happens. Yeah. True. I mean, you can only be who's in front of you, and, and that is the bottom line. But thank, thank you, sir, for chiming in. We appreciate it. Um, always good to have Frank on the air. Joe, another wonderful episode of Pure Gold in the books. We talked about anything and everything, and we told it like it is. Yeah, we definitely lived up to the tagline. We had so many different varieties. Uh, we talked about everything and anything today, like you said, and uh, I really had fun today. I appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. You guys time. are Hopefully awesome. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, we are, sir. Thank you so much, folks. As always, it's a pleasure. Hopefully you have a wonderful evening. Have a great weekend. It's uh, 840 straight up, and we leave you with this. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm an egomaniac. What can I say? Shame on you! As usual, I'm right, you're wrong. Are you kidding me? You are the biggest phony I have ever met. Obviously, clearly, maybe, definitely. A fresh take on sports and entertainment. Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Great talk radio every week. David and Joe are simply the best. I've been listening to Pure Gold ever since I was a baby, and I still do. Pure Gold is the best. I love Pure Gold. Pure Gold. I got two words for you. Pure Gold. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to follow Pure Gold on Blog Talk Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to Pure Gold on iTunes. Oh, by the way, the Mets who are winning 5 to nothing. breaking news, are now winning 5-3. to three. Acuna just hit a two-run homer. The Mets are stinking it up. They better win. Good night, folks.